Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Anybody who knows me, of course, knows that I am a Prince fanatic. I'm a Prince scholar. Uh, we all are. We all at least should be. And maybe some are who don't actually realize that uh, what they're hearing uh, in today's music would not be possible, a lot of it, without uh, his purple badness. Um, we just passed a little, um, I guess, a... A little, I wouldn't say holiday, but a, a, a milestone here. It's been three years without um, His Majesty, and it never gets any easier, man. Uh, I celebrate him every single day, and I did when he was alive, and I do so since he's been passed. We celebrate his birthday, we celebrate his passing, uh, and just celebrate him. So with the big Prince celebration, the annual celebration that took place also uh, when he was with us up at Paisley Park is upon us. Uh, We bring you the precursor to that weekend to get you started just right, uh, getting into it there. We got Ingrid Chavez coming back uh, to the show. And um, we had Ingrid on before. uh, And my goodness, one of my favorite people in the world, one of my favorite people in the world ever to speak to. Uh, one of my biggest influences, also thanks to Prince, uh, Graffiti Bridge. For I don't give two shits about what the critics say. Uh, that movie meant so much to me and still does to this day, and had such a crazy, profound impact on me. And and she is just as responsible for that just as much as Prince is uh, for me. And I'm still glad to have her back. Talking about her new album finally coming out called Memories of Flying. And we're gonna play some tracks off of that. We're gonna talk to Ingrid. Also, uh, coming up uh, in the first hour, we, uh, well, I guess the first segment, because the whole thing's an hour, uh, we got Warren Mason. Warren Mason uh, is an outstanding young man. He was uh, part of the Love for One Another. Old school Prince fans will remember the Love for One Another charity way back in 1994. And uh, he did some work for Prince and offers some really, really great insight into uh, some and share some great stories and some great experiences. Uh, old school fans will remember the he was the originator of the old site called The Vault uh, that later kind of evolved into Prince.org as we know it today. But old school fans looking for old for uh, you know tape tradings and, and a true discography, and uh, Warren was the one to do that. So uh, I can't wait for you guys to hear some stories that Warren tells. Uh, when Ingrid comes on, I can't wait for you to hear uh, all her new music and all she has to offer. And uh, I'm so grateful to to both of them for joining us this week. Uh, to all our, our, our Purple community out there, uh, we, I say bless you and I say thank you uh, for being a part of this show. And I thank you for allowing me to be a part of, of, of your lives. And uh, one of these days, man, I'll get up to celebration and meet all y'all in person. Um some of y'all might know this, may not know this, but I'm currently in California making a movie. Uh, I'm also a filmmaker, and I am writing, directing, and producing a documentary uh, on the band King's X. And if you don't know who they are, I implore you to check it out. It's my uh, life's goal to turn an entire new generation onto this great band. Uh, the singer's name is main singer is Doug Pennick. He's very soulful, um, very Prince inspired and Prince influenced, and also just has his own thing going. But the whole band is great. Is there was the band that uh, that if you knew who they were at the time, you you, you still know who they are. But they kind of fell through the cracks, and it's and I'm gonna make this movie to bring awareness to that. So that's why I'm not at celebration uh, this weekend, but I will be uh, eventually. 
And there's going to be so much great stuff. Like I said, Ingrid's doing a graffiti bridge panel, which I can't believe that I'm not going to be there for with T.C. Ellis. And uh, so I, I, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing all your stories. And, and let me know if you're going. Let me know who's going. Reach out to me on Twitter at Tricky Kid and the number two. That's Tricky Kid and the number two. And she's got a Spotify playlist that we'll have up on trickykid.com. It's tricky-kid.com. And, of course, you need to subscribe if you haven't already. I mean, come on. What are you waiting for? It's free. It's easy. Just go to iTunes, type in Tricky Kid Radio. It comes right up, and you'll get shows just like this each and every single week. Uh, If you're a first-time listener, uh, we are no stranger to the Prince world. Uh, I do an episode every single year, and then the week that he passed, I did four special episodes uh, detailing each and every single decade uh, of his output and and uh, and legacy. So, and and any chance I get to talk about Prince and further his legacy and and turn people on and play deep cuts from my own collection, uh, it's always such a pleasure to be able to do that. Uh, this week I'm not going to do like a song of the week because we're going to be playing so much of, of Ingrid's uh, uh, music, but I did want to mention that they, it looks like they finally announced that uh, the Prince's autobiography is finally coming out. Um, I really don't know how far along he got. Did he get like a chapter done and then the rest is going to be some bullshit ghostwriter? I, I don't know. Um, not checking it out is not a, not an option, of course. So I'm hoping that uh, he got through as much as, uh, as as he could have. It's still unthinkable to think that he is gone. Uh, I, I still do not refer to him in, in past tense because he's still with me uh, every single moment and every single day. And I still... Uh, celebrate his entire life and and output uh, just like I did when he was when he was with us uh, in physical form. So uh, nothing for me had there has changed. So sometimes I almost kind of forget because it's still just it's so unacceptable to me. But uh, I make this show for for people to heal and to, to come together. Uh, and to enjoy themselves, and we've I've been able to meet some great people all around the world. Uh, shout out to uh, Julie McNamara, who's been a, from the UK, has been a great part of the show, and uh, she's a songwriting partner that has actually written some songs that we've had on the show. And until to all the great uh, Prince community, uh, I'm glad you guys are all uh, with us, and I hope you're all are gathering uh this weekend at the celebration and i may not be with you there in uh in physical form but i'm with you there in spirit and i will be there with you soon enough for sure uh again so why don't we go ahead and just jump right on into this uh we're gonna have again warren mason uh he again was part of the love for one another charity he uh had many many workings with prince and uh he tells some great stories so let's go ahead and get uh and get warren on um and on the program and uh let's get this thing started man okay hey there everybody hey joining us now is warren mason he's calling from new york city uh warren worked on the love for one another charity you guys remember back in 1996 uh he was doing a lot of web work uh and a lot of different marketing type of stuff warren welcome to tricky kid radio ah thank you very much and uh, it's great to be on here i appreciate uh, the warm intro well uh so how did you get involved with that yeah, great story. So, um, way back in 1994, in the early days of the internet, um, I ran a, a website called The Vault. Uh, the Vault was once called The Definitive Word on Prince by Reuters. It was a very popular site in the early days um, within the fan community. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure who remembers the, the early version of the site, but uh, 
we had a lot of great content on there, the latest news. Uh, we had a, a concert archive, a very comprehensive concert archive, um, also an article archive, and a discography. So it was one of the, uh, the, the bigger sites in the, in the early days, and uh, it, it garnered a lot of attention, and through that attention uh, within the community, uh, it also got Prince's attention. So, so he actually personally saw it, and when he saw it, because I know I myself back in the early days, it was it was the site. It was the, in fact, it was the only site. And I was always trying to collect. You know, I've been collecting bootlegs of his since since 1990. And it was like when you go to Wikipedia later on, I was always so disappointed with the with the discography said y'all had the real discography and the real stuff. And so I was always impressed with it. So. He was too, so he sees it, and then what happens? Well, it's a little grainy, I, I, you know, the way that Prince operates. I'm not sure if he actually saw it or somebody who worked with him saw it, but somehow or other, um, I, I got a message at some point that he was putting together um, a charity and wanted to do a website and some marketing for it. Uh, so a conduit reached out and contacted myself and uh, several of the other prominent websites. And it was interesting. Uh, is at this particular point in time, I'm sure, you know, many of the listeners recall that there was some tension within the community around uh, the content of websites. So some of, uh, you know, Prince's trademarks, photos, et cetera, um, you know, were, were causing a little bit of controversy, but nevertheless, that, that was the ask. And so a number of uh, very prominent websites, including uh, one that was run by uh, Sam Jennings, who later ended up uh, becoming Prince's uh, personal uh marketing person and photographer extraordinaire, Sam's a great guy, he was one of the people who was contacted to, to do this among others, um, and so we, you know, started a work group on AOL, I'm, I'm sure that uh, in those early days, the, the AOL message boards and, and uh, the, the chat groups were the popular place for people to go, and so we all started a private chat, and there were about, I don't know, about 12 of us initially who uh, you know broke off into different teams, and I was one of the uh, you know one of the folks who was involved uh, you know in, in that sort of early embryonic stage. I see. Okay. Now, did you ever meet Prince in person? <laughs> that that's a, a really interesting question. I met Prince three times um, in in person uh, directly. Uh, the first time was at the filming for for Letterman in nineteen ninety four. Um, I was asked to come down, and I showed up, and he came in the back. Um, I was the only person back there. It was very weird. He came out of a limousine. Um, he had a Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop in his mouth. He came over. He said hello to me. Um, and then immediately sort of, you know, it was the back door of, of the Letterman studio. Um, <clears throat> asked, you know, they asked me to come into the back, and he did the filming for Dawson um, that day. And as soon as he came out, that's what you see on Letterman. It's the intro right there when he uh, when he comes out, uh, you know, from the back of the limo, comes in, does the show, and immediately they. I'm sure that people remember that was the one where um, where Maite was uh, was working with him to sort of like a stake his his passing um, on the show as part of his transformation into the artist formerly known as Prince, and uh, you know then his his the people who were on stage with him drag him off. He immediately went out the back door and, and to the limousine, and that was it. The rest of the band was just standing around. <laughs> so, so to fill our listeners in on what we're talking about here, because I'm sure that they, they know it, because a lot of our listeners are big Prince fans, but just to fill them in, this was in 1994, is that right? That's correct. 
Correct. Okay, and then and then he was promoting. Was would, would that have been the Gold Experience? Uh, yes, that okay. that is that is right. And uh, David Letterman shows a uh, a mock up of the Gold Experience. There was a uh, a dispute with Warner Brothers, his record label at the time, and uh, you know he wasn't able to release that music. Um, and so that was sort of the reason why, uh, you know, why he became the artist formerly known as Prince or the, the symbol glyph. Right. David Letterman, in fact, holds up the symbol when he announces him. And, uh, you know, we were all kind of scratching our heads about now, the change. Right. For sure. so, so you were unaware of it as well. Well, at that time, we, you know, he was known as that, but that was sort of the first public, um, you know, the first public entry of, Got it. of the uh, the symbol. Got it. Now, right. I, if I remember, recall, I was watching that night, and I remember David Letterman saying, um, "Hi, uh, our next guest. This is the album that will never be released, or something like that." Do you remember what? Do you remember what Letterman said? Yeah, it was it was essentially that he held up a, a mock up of it, said, "You know, this is an album we'll never see," um, and and you know, here he is. And uh, they they launched into the song. It was a, it was a really great performance too, and, and it was amazing to you know to see that band at that time at sort of the peak of their prowess. For for sure. And, and what song was it? Remind me. A dolphin. It was it, it, the song was called a Dolphin. That's correct. Right, right. That's the song on Golden. Right. Good deal. Gotcha. Okay. Your New York accent made me think yep. you were saying Dawson, and I was like thinking Dawson's Creek for a second. So. Um, and then, and then I remember. It's good to know I've got a New York accent. <laughs> and then at the very end, I do remember them dragging him out, and that him just like, and I, you know, my initial thing when I first saw that, because I remember watching it live, was I remember hearing my parents talk about how James Brown used to do this thing at the end of his shows, of course, with a cape, and he would do this big return. And I know that Prince was heavily influenced by James Brown, so that's what I thought he was doing some sort of homage to that. Now, keep in mind, in 1994, well, I was only 20 years old, so I was very young and learning at that time. Well, you do know that um, Prince was managed for many years by Alan Leeds, who of also course. managed James Brown. That's exactly. There are a lot of sort of, and of course he played with Maceo Parker. I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, interconnections between, you know, Prince and James Brown um, there, so it wouldn't be, you know, the least bit surprising that he was a big fan too, right? So that he, you know, right. some little cues. But, but I wouldn't have known that in 94 is my point, because I was only like 19 or 20 is my point. I, I learned all this a little bit later, even though I was a very prominent tape trader on the tape trader scene. I, I even was already trading with, with Brown Mark at that point uh, as far back as like 1990. But in terms of, uh, you know, learning about, again, like I said, the, the James Brown, the Alan Leeds connection, that came later. So that was the first time that you met Prince. Now, exp- explain why you were invited down there. Like, what, 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 why were you invited down for the show? I never really knew for sure. I thought that it might have something to do with the website. Um, you know, I was getting news tips and things like that. Uh, you know, so it could have been a sort of lead um, I did announce it on, on the vault website at that time. Uh, it was it was interesting because, uh, you know, there were other fans, but, you know, obviously they weren't where I was. I was right. asked to be in a particular place at a particular time. Um, another thing that's really cool is that after they, they did the performance, and this is a very Prince-like thing to do, um, he had some of his assistants go around and hand out a, a postcard that actually had um, a really sort of grainy photo uh, that was obviously taken prior in rehearsal or whatever 
of the scene that they showed on the actual program um, with Maite over, uh, you know, the, the prince that was dragged off the stage. Um, and so those are, you know, those, that was a pretty cool collectible. Uh, uh, please tell me you still have yours. I do. Get, get, that is awesome. And you, you got to send me a picture of it so I can put it on our website so our listeners can hear that at tricky-kid.com. It's T-R-I-C-K-Y hyphen K-I-D.com. Of course, our listeners know it, but maybe for some first-time listeners, they can enjoy that. Uh, but after he was dragged off, did you have any more interaction with him that day? Was it still confusing as to why you were there? Um, not that day. I mean, everything with Prince was sort of mysterious and, and indirect. Uh, you know, and, and even the folks who work with him, um, you know, will tell some stories about how they, you know, rarely had a conversation or, you know, uh, or, or the conversations were sort of cryptic. Uh, I, I once heard a really great story about, uh, you know, again, with Prince of Might had an airplane and uh, he was sitting in first class, of course, and he wanted to order uh, food. But he wouldn't talk directly to the flight attendant. Instead, he would whisper the uh, the instructions through Maite, and she would relay to the flight attendant. So there was a lot of this sort of indirect, uh, cryptic communication when you were dealing with him. Um, and you'll hear those stories right through, you know, people who, you know, with the exception of probably most of the musicians, but maybe the people who worked with him in, in, in administrative capacities as well. Right, sure. But that was first of three. Let's get on to the second one. When, when was the second time you met <laughs> Okay, so the second time I met him was the Today Show in 1996. Okay. Um, this is the performance, that he did a performance with, uh, you know, with some of the um, Fly and the Family Stone members. Um, and then he did another show after that that wasn't aired. Um, there may be a clip of it on YouTube. I think I've seen it before, but uh, where they did all Fly and the Family Stone covers. Okay. And... That, that was incredible because you were essentially seeing Prince backing Fly in the Family, uh, fronting Fly in the Family Stone. Which was a dream. That was I'm a very sure, exciting performance. And I'm sure very, very much of a dream come true for him, for sure. Oh, yeah. And so after that performance was done, um, you know, he saw me and, and actually came over and talked for a minute. As, you know, I mean, not, not a very, <laughs> sort of, not a very verbose conversation, but said, hello, good to see you, that sort of thing. Um, one of the things that sticks with me about this, and this may sound a little bizarre, is that he was wearing this sort of cashmere sweater, um, and my hand rubbed up against the sweater, and it was like the softest <laughs> sweater in the world. I couldn't believe it. But it's, it's funny, you know, the, the kinds of things that stick with you about these experiences, right? For sure, for sure. But but he recognized you. I though. thought, yes. Okay, so but 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 he only met you that one time. Briefly, two years prior, is that right? Mm-hmm. Well, about a year and a half, I right. think. But was the timeline. But I mean, he, there were pictures and things like that. And uh, there, there's a little extra which I should add, which is that um, in between that time, uh, so in the in the old AOL chat rooms, uh, Prince would actually come in with certain people and and have conversations in the chat room. Now, this I see. Is going to sound a little weird. Um, but, you know, there would be a private chat room. Now, a lot of people know the NPG 2000 uh, handle that, that was used. That was mostly used by Paisley Park employees. Um, but Prince had another handle, and we knew it was him because Maite um, would use the Hannah 2000 handle, and she would come in, and so we knew it was him for sure. Um, and later on, I mean, I was kind of had doubts, but later on I, I did have it confirmed to me that, that it was, in fact, him. And so, you know, you'd see profile pictures and stuff, and, 
have conversations. He would talk a lot about religion, um, which isn't surprising to anybody. Uh, you know, some uh, you know some some kind of interesting spiritual topics, um, things of that nature. Not his music or, or anything like that. Um, right. That's a lot of you know sort of random probing questions about the universe. Um, and, and again, that's what I've not really talked much about because it's so bizarre. But yeah. there were you know dozen plus of those sorts of chats involving, um, you know, him and, and, you know, people who were sort of known to be associated with him. Again, the NPG 2000, I understand, very rarely used, if, if only a couple of times, that was primarily people at, uh, you know, Paisley Park, um, you know, and sometimes I guess maybe they have a little fun with some of the fans, but, uh, right. you know, his, his was White Mansion was one of them, and there was another one that he, uh, he would use, of course, that's around Emancipation, and in fact, before it came out. Uh, now, go ahead and, and and tell me a little bit. That's fascinating. So, uh, so he came over, and, and, and you remember what he talked about? You said it was a bit verbose, but there's, it had to have stuck with you. What was it about? Oh, not verbose. It was more of how are you doing, you know, good to see you. <laughs> I, I see, I see, okay. So then the third time was when? Uh, so the third time would have been at the Roseland Show in 1997. Okay. So that was... That was an interesting uh, show. So tickets, uh, the funny thing is, is that I had trouble getting tickets for that show. Tickets went on sale. Um, it was right around the time that Ticketmaster was sort of, uh, you know, getting a stranglehold on the marketplace. Um, didn't realize the power of it. I was third in line uh, for tickets to the show and uh, missed out on the opportunity. And then a friend of mine, uh, you know, gave me two tickets. And uh, so I showed up, and I was outside waiting on line, and Prince's road manager um, at the time came out and saw my, myself and another call, a friend of mine who was uh, a senior vice president at Atlantic Records and uh, invited us in. And this was before the show. It was after soundcheck, but before the show. And, you know, let us sit on the side of the stage. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For the show. And, and so that was pretty incredible. And, of course, that's the show that was released on NPG Records, um, you know, the 1997 Roseland Show or two songs were released on NPG Records on a cassette. Um, but it was really cool, uh, you know, he had a new band at that time, so it was kind of exciting to, you know, to, to see the new band, and it was one of their first performances, and, uh, you know, sort of a rare performance at that time in New York. There had been a, a big drought of, of, of performances uh, in that sort of time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than the television ones. For, for sure, and we should remind people that, of course, he had he had done uh, the year prior. He had done his first American tour in ten years with the, uh, the what was called the Party of the Year, which was from uh, he came out with Emancipation in '96, or sorry, Jam of the Year. Thank you. Um, and then, yep, yep, yep. and and he had he had just started touring again after ten years. Um, and I know New York was still kind of getting some sporadic shows. I actually have a copy of that Rosalind show, so I know it very, very well. Uh, so that's very, very cool that, you know, and he's really not, was really known for his, I guess you would say, charity's not the right word because he's always doing charity work, but in terms of like, you know, people to, you know, to come see him play, what a, what a unique thing for him to or some people uh, to to spot you in line and inviting you in, I mean, like that's that's a that's a that's a that's a crazy, bizarre and ultimately spectacular thing that you experienced. 
Yeah, it was kind of funny because when we were outside prior to the show, and this was at sort of the peak of when I was doing the website, and, and I guess the fans knew it, um, somebody said my name uh, on, on the line, uh, you know, to me, and, and all of a sudden, somebody, you know, a couple of the fans overheard it, and then I, I got like a little bit of a mini mob um, over the website, and I thought, well, this is this is weird. <laughs> I'm just some guy right. on the website, and uh, you know, and, and you, you can see even in those early days sort of the power of that medium, right? So yeah. I, I'm just thinking I'm sitting in a room making, you know, posting news and, you know, and, and doing this archive stuff, which I thought the market needed and, and I wanted. It was something that I wanted uh, too, right? Right. And so I'm trying to satisfy this need and, and suddenly, you know, you, you see that you can become a minor star by doing this stuff. And, and to be honest, I think some people might like that. It freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, uh, because they you were completely unprepared for it because it was so new at the time. Now you almost would kind of expect it, you know. But uh, or that would also for some people is like the actual goal of doing it. But uh, what a neat thing for you to experience! And so, golly, I've got so much more I wanted to ask you, but I wanted to say this: is that obviously you're a Prince fan, and obviously there was a reason why you started the Vault in the first place. So no need to cover that. But I wanted to ask you this: is it uh, you know what this episode is about? Of course, is where is every year I do an episode uh, a print episode even when he was alive uh, so of course now that he has passed uh, I celebrate his his birth and and his passing so his uh, we just passed the three-year mark and of course it doesn't really get any easier does it and and we got Ingrid Chavez is our special guest this week of course and uh, so great to have her I always love speaking with her I have a very very special connection with Ingrid and um, and I just wanted to know um, are you aware that she has a new album coming out called Memories of Flying uh, and she's going to be part of the big celebration at Paisley Park this weekend and I just wanted to know are you aware of that album and are are you planning on going to Paisley Park this weekend? I am aware of the album. I'm looking forward to it. I'll check it out for sure. Uh, you know, I, I did enjoy uh, Ingrid's first uh, album that was done on, on Paisley Park Records. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be able to, unfortunately, attend the, uh, the celebration this year due to work commitments. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I could. It was funny because uh, it, it almost looked like it was aligned because I was supposed to have a meeting in, in, uh, in Minneapolis, but um, <laughs> unfortunately, that that wasn't meant to be. So we'll have to uh, I'm with you. Next one. I'm with you, brother. I'm out here in California on location, you know, shooting a movie that you're very, very well informed about, of course. And and when I say goodbye here in a second, I'll keep. Uh, we'll say goodbye for the listeners, but I'll keep you on for a second. I know, I know there's got to be a couple questions you might have for me as well. Uh, you mentioned a a book that that recently just came out. Uh, that I don't think, that I haven't had a chance to check out yet, but I've been wanting to. Let's go ahead and plug that just for a second. Oh sure. Our, our, which uh, which book are we referring to? Dwayne Trudell's wonderful. Um, you know, this is out, but Dwayne Trudell's uh, wonderful uh, Purple Rain era book. Uh, or are you referring to the beautiful ones, uh, Prince's uh, new book with the, his early memoirs? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, uh, the the first one uh, because I haven't had a chance to to check that out yet, and I wanted. Uh, to be able to do so before this episode, it doesn't look like that's going to be possible because the episode is airing tomorrow. But, but, but finally, and this is what I wanted you to comment on was finally uh, Prince's memoirs, which, from what I understand, were nearly completed. What do you know, and what what light 
can you shed on that in terms of when the book comes out, are we getting like two chapters of the real deal and the rest a ghostwriter, or are we getting the majority is the real thing? Well, I haven't seen it yet, but um, what I've heard is that the uh, the first that's going to be broken into four different sections with the first being, you know, the memoir that he was working on and that is predominantly about his childhood um, up until his passing. And uh, I know that there's another section that has, you know, photographs to, you know, to tell the story, which is a very interesting outlet for that. I know one of them is the uh, the Purple Rain early manuscript, and the, the other one escapes my mind right now. You might you might be able to fill in your listeners on the, the third one that I'm forgetting about. Uh, yeah, from what I understand, that that's it's all about uh, like the love sexy thing, like like or actually the Black Album, and he had that kind of epiphany and 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 what came after that. From from what I understand, that that's right. That you're you're correct. Okay, well, Warren, where can they find you on the social medias and the interwebs? Oh, sure. So, um, if, if you want to send me an email, if you're curious about hearing more about this. Um, my email address is warren at warren-mason.com. Um, I, I do respond to notes when I get them if, if people happen to find me. Um, I'm on uh, you know Twitter as well, no rest today, the number two day um, is my Twitter handle and uh, same on Instagram. And uh, you know the, the, it's an old joke. I created it um, many, many years ago uh, you know on AOL and it sort of carried forward because I never sleep. well again i'll keep you on but we'll do this for now we'll say this here we'll say uh warren again thanks so much for joining us and being a part of our special uh you know uh prince episode three years gone never gets any easier uh you've really have 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 brought some great information to us this week and uh and i'm grateful for you brother and thank you for joining us oh you're very welcome we just hit the tip of the iceberg here i'm always glad to uh to talk friends and, and, and we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. What's up? This is the infamous serial wax killer, Beastie Boys DJ Assassin, Mix Master Mike, and you're tuned into my man DJ Tricky Kid. Don't be a clown. Don't sleep. Check it out, y'all. Um, now, okay, we're gonna gotta pay some bills here. We're gonna, t- gonna thank some of our sponsors. Want to thank Belvita for providing us with such a great breakfast sandwich. You can find it in the in the uh, breakfast aisle at all your local. Supermarkets, uh, it's a great product. Uh, I, I eat it almost every single day. I love it. There's so many great things to talk about. I want to thank, oh my gosh, uh, Russian River Brewing. Uh, we finally, finally were able to try some Pliny the Elder, the most sought-after beer in the world. And uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later. We're going to have, uh, next week, we're going to have Aaron Wills, better known as P. 
Peanut from the band 311. He's our guest next week, and he's also a beer enthusiast, but he also happens to be a great friend of mine, and we've been been, been good friends for about 10 years now, and and he's always lorded that over my head. So uh, we're going to bring you some fun stuff with that next week. Again, follow us on Twitter at Tricky Kid and the number two. That's Tricky Kit in the number two. And, of course, we're on Facebook under Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. I'm under Instagram at DJ Tricky Kid. Uh, and also the one with Aaron Peanut from 311 was filmed because uh, I had my film crew from the King's X movie with me out in uh, out here in California. And you'll be able to see the actual 311 Hive Studios. So go to Tricky Kid TV now. It's free and subscribe. You don't want to miss that, that episode. Uh, all right. So now coming up next is the queen herself, the star of Graffiti Bridge, uh, the star of my life. Uh, one of the most interesting, authentic, and just true artist of our time and she's making a return she has an album coming out on may 7th called memories of flying i can't wait for you to hear our conversation once again welcome back to the show ingrid chavez hey ingrid hey Roy. hey how are you Finally connected. <laughs> it has been kind of trying the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? I know. I know. Last time it was my fault. It was um, this guy had like called the afternoon. He was like, "You gotta come to New York today. And you gotta like go to this dinner." And I was like, "Okay, yes, I'm getting my car and I'll drive four hours and I'll be down there in a couple of hours." And it was like everything else went out the window. And I apologize. Hey, hey, no worries. It's good to hear your voice. So, okay, so we have a lot to, to, to discuss, and I can't believe how long it's been since the last time that we spoke. It seems like we just talked a few weeks ago, but it has been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I think um, things, the record got pushed back and everything, and we would have probably spoken before this if, you know, <laughs> it stayed on track. But. Well, why don't we fill the fans in on that a little bit, because cause, uh, things did not get derailed. The record is still coming out, and and everything is full steam ahead, but there was a bit of a delay. Why don't we talk about that just for a second? Yeah, we just were having issues with the uh, manufacturing. That's all it was. Right. Um, there was um, the, uh, some of the text fell apart in printing, and so they had to redo all the CDs. And then um, two times on the press test we got for the vinyl, they kept putting in a song that's not even on the vinyl. Oh. <laughs> and it kept winding up in track two, so the tr- so track two was not on the vinyl, so they had to go back twice and do that. So it's um it's finally out, as um, some of uh, you guys may have seen the video on Facebook at um, the clear vinyl. It was so gorgeous. I'm so excited about it. So everything looks great now, and we are ready to rock and roll with it. Yes, and so it's good things come to those who wait, and it was best just to wait to get it done right, and and, and it kind of felt like the universe was trying to push you closer and closer to May 19th, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's all perfect. I mean, yeah, could have asked for a better time for things to come out and finally make their way into into the world, so... Well, we've been playing tracks, and we're going to continue to play tracks, and we're going to go ahead and start off with one right now. Um, So this is a song called Snowblind, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that just for a second before before we play it. 
Yeah, this is um this this song has came about in a very interesting way. Um, my bandmate, my previous band, um, Black Eskimo, um, Marco was um, walking in. Uh, he was walking to work one day, and he was um, recording the sound of his boots crunching in the snow. Because of course, I live in New Hampshire, and there's plenty of plenty of snow all winter long, and it was a particularly icy year. So it started out with um, him recording his uh, shoes in the snow so when you hear it you'll hear that rhythm <laughs> and then um, he put this really grungy beat behind it and that's all he did he sent the, the, the footsteps and this really grungy beat to me and there were no other tracks and my original recording of that was just me singing to that and it had this kind of bluesy feel to it um, eventually when we wanted to put it on the album I sent it off to um Tomoshki and Peter Musebrink of Deep Dive Corporation, and they produced the version that you were about to hear. Outstanding. So this is, again, Snowblind from the upcoming album. Why don't you tell everybody the, the name of the record, Ingrid? Memories of Flying. It's out May 17, and this is the next single. Outstanding. So I'll leave a beat there, and I'll drop that in. Seventh, uh, we're speaking with Ingrid Chavez. If you just joined us, uh, and Ingrid, you got a big weekend coming up because, of course, is coming up is this year's uh, celebration uh, for Prince in uh, uh, at Paisley Park. What are your plans for this weekend? Um, let's see, I, on the twenty sixth, I will be on a graffiti bridge panel, so that will um, that will take up that entire day, and then. Um, I don't know, there's a Snoop Dogg after party somewhere, somewhere, so <laughs> I may show up there if I can, if I can stay awake, it's going to be late, but, um, and then I am performing on the 27th at Canopy Hotel, um, I'm doing a short set, and, um, the song that you just heard, Snowblind, will be, um, performed, and, um, a few other songs, it's just a, a short set, but I'm really excited about the lineup, I'm going to be with um, an upright bass player, a violin, and electric guitar, and there's no beat, so um, no backing track. So it's so amazing to hear these guys take and interpret these songs this way. So I'm really excited about it. We were rehearsing today, and it sounds fabulous. Well, that is very exciting, and of course, you know, I would be there. I'm actually on location right now. Uh, I'm actually directing a, a movie. I'm out here in Los Angeles, uh, 
And so I am been working on uh, a project of my own for a very, very long time that you'll be hearing about hopefully pretty soon as well, or... I would meet you uh, in Minneapolis. I've always wanted to attend the celebration. Of course, Graffiti Bridge being my favorite uh, era of, of the, the, the Prince canon, uh, which, of course, you're a big, big reason why. So um, so who else is going to be on, on the panel? Um, Craig Rice and T.C. Ellis, and it's moderated by Steve Parks. Oh, fun, fun, fun. Gosh. Yeah, my friendship with Craig Rice goes back to the very beginning of me working on um, with Prince and our very first video that Prince, um, uh, let's see, Heaven Must Be Near was the first video we ever made and that was Prince's desire to see that video come to life and Craig shot it, so. And the video was, and what was the video for? It was for Heaven Must Be Near, a song off of the May 19, 1992 album. Right, 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 exactly. Um, when you think about like, going into this panel, and, and of course we don't want to give anything away for people that are anticipating it, but just a little bit, like what when you were asked to do the panel, what, what, do you, what were you thinking about that you wanted to talk about? I think that um, what one of the things that I wanted to talk about would be... Um, just when an opportunity is presented to you and even if you are scared and you don't really know um, what to expect, but sometimes just saying yes can really like change your life. And that's what I did with, you know, Graffiti Bridge when I was asked to um, come and audition for the part. And um, just that experience of um, doing something that is so outside of yourself and so challenging and how much you grow from it but also um getting to work with prince in that way and how patient and how considerate he was of the fact that yes i was nervous about certain things and was you know insecure about you know being an actor and you know just throwing myself out there like that he was so patient and you know just really careful with me well, you know, one of my, my favorite things that, that we talked about last time, and it's still one of my, my favorite things, was when you mentioned about watching Graffiti Bridge after all these years, and you watched it with your daughters. Um, and what an amazing thing. And, you know, in spite of its maybe lack of critical acclaim, it, it, it's meant so much to me personally, and it's meant so much to so many people. And I was so glad when you said it, when you went back to watch it, how... Uh, how proud you were of it and how you saw it. Hey, this isn't anything to be, um, you know, whatever, like listening to what the critics said, this is good. And, and, and I loved what your daughter said. So I was wondering, going into this panel, have you decided to revisit it or watch it in anticipation before the panel? I think um, I'm, I'm going to watch it, yeah, one more time before the panel just to, you know, like get in that space and... Um, I might watch it with my boyfriend. We've never watched it together, so <laughs> that might be kind of fun. So, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Has he ever asked uh, to watch it with you? No, I mean, he saw it, like, way back in the day. But, um, no, I've only, you know, yeah, he doesn't even know that I might ask him to watch it with me, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be special. I hope that happens. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've got, like, maybe two days to get, get around to that, so. <laughs> 
Well, you know, you mentioned about you had to jump in the car and drive to New York. Um, so originally I wanted to do this in person because we were we were filming, like I said, the movie that I'm directing, we were filming in New York, actually New Jersey. And I was thinking it would have been a great opportunity for you and I to, because I had a whole film crew there and we could have, you know, filmed it and this interview and it would be something great that also you guys could use for uh, like a promotional tool for the record. And eventually I hope that we get a chance to do that. Yeah, definitely. I really wanted that to happen. It's just, it, it, Michael was leaving town at a certain time, and I wouldn't be able to get there until after he left, and it was just so many things going on that week that um, it just seemed possible, and then suddenly it was just like, I don't think i can do it <laughs> <laughs> no it's totally fine I, eventually we will because we will be back back up there and and soon so we definitely will make it happen for sure okay i'd love that uh other speaking of, of, of getting around is there any plans uh for uh the tour behind this record just yet well i'm i just rehearsed for two days with these guys and it sounds so good and i have a couple of shows coming up um and on June 1st, I'll be at Pizza Express in London, and I will be um, doing that performance with some of the guys off the album, um, Peter Moosebrink and um, Mashti and Sebastian Loja of um, Hush Forever. Those guys, um, if anybody's interested, I did um, Just By My Love Live in Germany, and that performance is on my YouTube channel. So those are the guys that I'll be performing at um, Pizza Express with. So that's going to be exciting. And then I'm going to come back here on June 6th and do a rooftop performance at the Hume Hotel with the guys that I'm performing with on Saturday. So it's kind of interesting going back and forth between these two different um, you know, uh, musical setups. But um, hopefully one of them will... Either we'll get to go and tour around the United States with my American musicians and then <laughs> yeah. tour around Europe with my European musicians. But um, they're all so great and they all bring something different to the... Um... And one thing that I, what I'm really enjoying, especially because with this group here in Minneapolis, we are not working off any backing tracks and so we are able to reinterpret the songs and um, just... Um, bring in a new dynamic to the to the songs that aren't there originally, but still, um, you know, keeping the essence of the song. And so that's what's very exciting right now. So yeah, and not to mention too, it's like no two shows will will really be the same. Absolutely not. We don't even have two rehearsals out of the same at this point. It's like, okay, yeah, no, that sounded good. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And then the next time around, it's like, oh, that sounded good too. That, so it's going to be great. <laughs> it is going to be great, and again, I said it'd be great for for people, and also it'll keep you interested and, and excited in the musicians. Um, and again, I appreciate uh, you having that standard that instead of just it's not a play that you would see over and over again. It's it would yeah. be a great. And like I said, maybe you're feeling something different that night, and and take it in a different direction. So that's very very exciting. Um, what else are you looking forward to with Celebration coming up? Um, well, I I love being in Minneapolis, and it's it's my music home. And so whenever I'm here, I get to just you know see all the all the people who were part of my life when I really started 
moving closer and closer to who I am as an as a musician, and um, so I get to see all these people and all the beautiful people around that Prince brought together. Like I went to a PRN alumni uh, foundation um, dance or something. I'm not quite sure what it was, but um, there was all these people who gathered together to dance to Paris, uh, to Liga Paris, and they're just the most beautiful people, and they're having so much fun, and I love to see them all come together every year to, you know, just, you know, you these people know each other from going on kids' tours, and yeah. you know, now they all gather again. It's kind of like how people do with the Grateful Dead, you know, they just all, like, gather <laughs> every year, right. like, and they know each other, and they, they live in different states and different countries, but they come together like their family every year. It's amazing. And I love seeing that. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, Just it's... being in, in the energy of, you know, this, the music and the energy that um, Prince created. Well, you know, it's it's so funny because I again I got to get up there because I I kind of consider myself to be a member of that tribe too. You know, I, I know that, yeah. I, but I I know what you mean though in terms of like there 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 really is that kind of uh, you know community there. And I uh, uh, and people are always like, hey, when are when are you gonna come up here? And I've and it seems yeah. like it, right, and it seems like every time the celebration, I've always got, but I need to prioritize that business. <laughs> And get myself up there. You know, you, you mentioned grungy earlier. Um, just to tell you, a little. Just, I'll, I'll tell you. This probably won't be in the in the thing. But um, do you remember? You might not. But do you remember a band in the late eighties, early nineties um, called Kings X? Did you ever did that, that term? Did you ever hear that band at all? No. Yeah, they were they were a band from Houston that were kind of this band that kind of fell between the cracks. They really weren't heavy enough to be kind of part of the more hard rock scene and they really weren't um they were almost too heavy to be kind of part of that whole kind of alice in chains pearl jam nirvana thing right um but they're but but one of those bands in hindsight that bands have have discovered and was like wait a minute this is the band who actually invented grunge and never got yeah you know whatever so actually so that's the band i'm doing i'm doing a documentary on them that's the project that i'm working on so um and so, and so, all all these big people from both of those worlds from the early '90s are all kind of like chiming in on this and stuff. So, anyway, it's something I'd like to share with so you. Nice, Thank you, and it's something I'd like to share with you uh, later. And we'll be doing screenings and stuff in, in New York. And of course, obviously, I would love for you to come when it's complete and that sort of thing. So, absolutely. But it's, li- it's literally a three and a half hour drive for me. So it's just making sure that there's not a. I'll just have to. Empty out my life for it. <laughs> 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 well, well, I, I wouldn't ask that much of you, but uh, I'll. Uh, <laughs> but, but maybe you know, maybe we'll have to just have to do a special screening in your hometown, and you can come in your pajamas and. Oh yeah, like in, in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, you can just hop in the car and come on down. That'll that'll, that'll be awesome. But enough about my project. Let's get back to yours. I'm going to play another song here called All the Love. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that before we play that one. Okay, yeah. So All the Love in the World is this really beautiful, like, positive song. I had a friend who at the time was going through a dark period in their life. And I just wanted them to know that, you know, I see how beautiful you are and and 
when you don't see it yourself, I see it, and it's not lost. It's it's still there. So um, that's what the song is about. You deserve all the love in the world. But you know, you've always been such a positive. One of the things I've always have have the strength I've always have gotten from your work and your art is the center of it is always seems to be about positivity. And I, it's, I appreciate that so much. And it's such a pleasure to be able to, to play this and spread that in this format. This is All the Love in the World from Ingrid Chavez. Her new album comes out on May 7th. It's called Memories of Flying. And I'll take a quick beat there.
there and we'll come back from that you just heard all the love in the world and i give you all the love in the world ingrid because you deserve it for it's so amazing i can't wait for everyone to, to see this and hear this and tell them again where, where can they see you this weekend of course is the prince celebration you're going to be on a graffiti bridge panel you're going to be performing uh yep. and so uh, and of course, there's always some Snoop Dogg after party somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I don't know how that guy gets around so much, but everywhere I am, he, I, I tend to bump into that guy. <laughs> he's got some energy for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's doing a. He's. I'm not going to a show, but um, he's doing a show and he's driving an hour to do an after party. Like I don't know where people get that energy. Yeah, you would think he was like back in Dallas. You would think he was a local act. He's there, I swear, every month, at least every other month. He's like, "Hey, you want to come to this party? Snoop Dogg's playing." I was like, <laughs> "I go, did he buy a house here? Like, you know?" <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you would think he's like 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 part of the local scene here, you know? And um, oh, I know he's really good friends also with Erica. But uh, Erica Badu lives in Dallas, oh, and she's a great influence of mine. Uh, a, a, a big, a big part of the landscape. She was someone who like never did the LA thing. She never left, and 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 I mean, I'm, I'm sure she probably has some some type of uh, residence out there. But she's a local fixture. You can see her DJ out here weekly, and uh, and just a, just a cool, um, amazing soul that, that that's accessible. Do you know what I mean? She has that accessibility. Uh, so, who else is influencing you you right now these days? Um, I haven't been listening to a lot of music lately. I, I do like um, British neo soul a lot. I mean, I, I have a a playlist on um, Spotify. If you go to, I think that's how you can find it. I have a, a playlist on there called Snow Exit Mix, meaning the snow is ending where I live in New Hampshire, right. and this is the music I'm listening to. But um. Yeah, um, I can't recall the artists that are on there, but if you go, if you can find that playlist, it's, it's, I like these British artists that are doing this R&B, but it's, it's always different, it's a little bit, got a bit more of an edge. Yeah. Than, you know, like, you know, like, your American R&B music, so. Yeah. Um, there's this one artist that I really love a lot, I think it's like, you say her name is O, it's like, an O with like brackets around it and that's her name <laughs> but um I really love what she's doing and uh yeah She's on that playlist if you want to check her out. For sure. You know what? Here's what I'll do. For all you guys listening out there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a link to Ingrid's Spotify playlist. We'll have it on our website at trickykid.com and all of our social media platforms. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, to spread new music, especially to discover. That's the whole point. Where's what we're here to do, right? Is to, yeah. to share and to discover. Um, Thank you. I'd love that. That's great. And so, so people can be able to be able to see that. Uh, and again, and it's on it's beyond Spotify, and the links will be on our websites and social media. Um, I also wanted to ask you as well: is you know when you think about these performances and and like when you're recording them versus actually performing them, does that does that ever go into play? Does it ever like when you're thinking about the the, the art that you're creating? And then now, how do we perform this? Talk about the transition of that. 
Um, I'm sorry. You mean like uh, how do I bring it into a live performance? Oh, uh, right. I mean, like I mean, because because it goes from a sketch into your note in your notebook, and then okay. you have the recording process. But the live thing is a whole different thing. Can you talk about what goes into that? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, live is trying to reconnect with the initial inspiration of the song like where how what made me write this lyric what was I feeling what was I thinking and so that for me is trying to like work from my heart space right and so when I'm um, performing live I want to cast a spell I want to like draw people in and like work from that space and so I think for instance with this band and one of the reasons why I wanted violin and guitar that could do um really beautiful um like sounds like um ethereal sounds really pretty sounds yeah um it's so that we could like take that music that was created electronically and like and create this um just to cast a spell basically is what i want to do and so for me that is all about trying to get back to that place that i wrote from and, and performing from that place and finding the musicians who can actually um, help bring that out. Well, it's interesting that yeah, it's interesting that you say that you say spell because when I describe you and and your work and and just you as a person, I I always say it this way. I always say to be in her presence or to be in the presence of her art is to be under her spell. <laughs> nice. And and so. That's what I mean in terms of, you know, it goes from trying to get the right take in the studio, but when you got people in front of you, and you, that's where I think you really come to life. Yeah. That's what, I mean, I, I really do love performing and um, presenting the, the music in that live space, so um, I just want to keep doing more of it, and that's what we're working on, so hopefully... I will be in a town near you. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping the same thing. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you're that, that you're accompanying right now? I, I, mean, I know you're always you're very prolific and you're always writing. Is there anything else that's coming up this year that people can look forward to? Well, we have um, we are creating a, um, a like a, a snow ink collection, which is um, pretty much based around my lyrics. And um, so we're we're creating product that um, we can put some of the lyrics and uh, titles onto, like T-shirts, coffee mugs, tea mugs, um, jewelry. So actually, this Friday, uh, Saturday, when we go to do the um, performance for the first time, we'll be um, showcasing our dandelion collection. So it's a T-shirt with. Um, the words will you meet me on it you know that's <laughs> a awesome. song and then a really beautiful coffee cup i'm i'm all about coffee cups i i don't i've never had like that traditional like all my coffee cups are the same because each one is like special to me how it means something to me i i saw it and i was like i like that one or um you know it was given to me as a gift because people know that um it's, those are special to me. So they're all like little prizes for me. So right. I want to create that cup that, you know, someone's like, I really want that cup. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. 
and this is where I want to start my day with this cup, with my tea or my coffee in it. So there's that. Um, so the Snow and Ink line is something, or the collection is kind of something that we're focusing on outside of music and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> writing and, um, and I actually am doing um, metal stamping, and so I'm, I'm doing the, like, Initially, I, I'm stamping the jewelry myself, and so I'm really enjoying learning that process. Wow. Yeah, so it's cool. That is cool. You know, you know, my, my wife would agree with you on that. She I, Every time I try to thin the herd, as it were, of all the coffee cups, she's like, no, no, no. Each one of those was a, a, a walk that I took, and, and they, must, they must remain <laughs> in place. Yes. And so you guys would definitely would, 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 would be two peas in a pod on that one. And what's so great, too, is that, like you said, you're creating that for somebody else. This will be your walk to take with this cup and to fill it with memories and love and yeah. and things like that. That's wonderful. I love that. Um, you know, I was going to ask you this, too, uh, is that I mentioned about the band King's X um, earlier, the thing I'm working on. The singer is a guy named Doug Pennick, and what he does is that he's the, the, the main lyricist. And what people do is they're, they're always, um, his words are very profound, and obviously so are yours. And what he does is, is he'll actually will write handwritten lyrics for people uh, by request, obviously for, you know, I mean, obviously for... Um, you know, uh, a certain agreed upon, you know, fee, whatever is, has anything personal like that, uh, ever become available or something you've ever thought about doing in the future? You mean, um, writing like my own lyrics and, and sending and giving, giving them to people or I, writing lyrics for other people? Well, I mean like, like poems that you've written in your own handwriting to make them available, things like that, or, or lyrics, things like that. I haven't, but my manager, Michael would would love it if I did that. He's like, that's the kind of thing that if I was a fan, I would want. <laughs> or in my boyfriend, too, he's like, just handwrite something, Ingrid. People love that stuff. I'm like, okay. <laughs> On top of a million other things that I have to do, I'll just sit around writing points in my handwriting. But yes, no, it's a great idea. <laughs> Well, it, it may be, you know, it's funny, it may be a great idea uh, from a marketing standpoint, but again, like I said, if you if you draw no joy from it, I think it's equally important to, to, to maintain that, you know? Yeah. No, I do. I, I actually did this, um, I did this project before that some lucky people out there have, I did a Sky Fit, uh, uh, My Sky Journal. Um, for my last band, I had a song called My Sky, and um, so we had these journals um, with um, My Sky yeah. um, pressed into the cover, and then um, on the inside, because my journals, I um, write in them, I tuck letters from other people, or if I go somewhere, I'll tuck a postcard in there, or it's got, you know, some song ideas, or it's got like a quote that I, you know, so it's like, yeah. It starts making this life, you know, taking on this life in the period that you know that I'm writing in it, and so I created these um, these books that were similar to that. I had taken some of my photographs and printed them and stuck them in there. And I did a handwriting, a handwritten letter, or like I did part of the lyrics for my sky handwritten and tucked that in there. You know, yeah, just little things. And so people, you know, they bought that, and that was. That was a really cool thing, but writing all those 
um, songs out was a lot of work. But well, yeah, but but also some lucky people out there who have that. <laughs> and if you're one of those lucky people, contact me. I'll happily take that <laughs> off your hands. There, you know, even funnier. But like you said, though, that's the real deal. Instead of just writing out something that a hundred people also own that they can get uh, just by paying a certain fee off of, you know like this is the that's the that's that's special I and mean, that's something that brings you joy as well so yeah. so so good for you I mean marketing is one thing but you got to maintain a certain a certain thing as well you know uh, and 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 that's that's for me that's 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 you. That's you're always the genuine article. I've always, if there's one person I've always felt like I could believe in, Ingrid, it's you. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, so <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I mean, as an artist now, you know, we don't have that big, you know, machine behind us. That's so right. Find ways. You know, like, find ways to, you know, keep putting stuff out there that people enjoy. And there's, yeah. you know, you do have to kind of enjoy doing it yourself because you know you're financing it yourself you're like you know you're hoping that you're presenting something beautiful enough that people will want right and everyone who knows me knows that i'm not gonna put anything out there that doesn't feel like it was presented with love and care it's like right you know for the first time like um since i since a flutter in some words um we're we're talking about having someone else like ship the product like okay well you buy Ingrid and we have a, a person who like fulfills the orders I'm like I'm really having a hard time with that because when I send out a flutter and some words I wrap it in tissue and put um like some cord you know a cord ribbon around it and then I stick a, stick a feather and you know I just do yeah. all these things and like the thought of these CDs just going out into the world with nothing no no prettiness to them I'm like no it's just breaking my heart well but, nothing nothing yeah. unique to it but, but maybe you could do a limited run of something like that maybe you could do like yeah. for the first 50 or 100 or whatever and yeah. that will satisfy that and then that gave people an opportunity to do so and yeah. you know but but that's what I, I guess that was what I was trying to say is that, is that I appreciate that so much about you because I know that about you I know that that there isn't anything that you're going to do that's just going to be you know status quo or it even it literally pains you when you have to compromise that even the tiniest bit and I love that about you yeah yeah it's true yeah my 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 managers they're they're patient with me because they know that (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I have my standards are really really high and it's God bless them. They're good. Well, well, bless you as well, Ingrid. And again, I'm going to, so the the last track we're going to play for now, we're going to leave everybody with, I'm going to play the song Light Rays, which is something that we talked about before, just a little bit of a snippet, but I'd like for you to, if you'd like, uh, if there's anything else you'd wanted to add about that. Um, Light Rays is one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, and live, we're getting ready to do that one live, and it is just so gorgeous and it's so soft, and it it's really the way that um, I want my music to be presented into the world. I want it to have a lot of heart and soul to it, and that one in particular does. And again, it was for someone. I just wanted them to know, you know, you're beautiful, and um, this is this was. A song for that same person that um, 
all the love in the world was written for. So outstanding. Again, you can see Ingrid uh, this weekend at Prince Celebration at Paisley Park. Uh, she'll be participating in some great panels. She's performing live. Uh, and again, uh, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, Memories of Flying, May 7th. Uh, one of the most anticipated records, uh, not only of the year, uh, but uh, of the entire decade. The return of a true artist. <laughs> hey, also... Um on um, Thursday, we've been doing this Throwback Thursday um, event every Thursday on um, Facebook. And this Thursday, we are premiering a live version of Whispering Dandelions that we did um, last fall when I was here doing the Prime Six show. And it's the first time anyone's seen any of the stuff from that show because it was filmed. Um, really beautifully filmed and so this is the first thing that anyone will get to see of that performance oh it's wow really, really magical Mashti, um i flew Mashti in from denmark to perform with me and then aaron fabrini the guy who's also um playing with me on saturday um doing stand-up bass so it's just you know like a laptop upright bass and me and Mashti did a new version of whispering dandelions that's is so like it's, it's as beautiful and enchanting as the original one and so that's coming up on uh thursday so tomorrow so tomorrow then around what time oh wait tomorrow's thursday yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> like in a couple of months from now thursday <laughs> no it's it's thursday tomorrow <laughs> um i think it's um Two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Oh, perfect! Because our show airs at noon uh, Central Time, which is one o'clock Eastern Time. So they'll have plenty. Okay. So they'll have plenty of time to to hear to listen and go straight from from this show to that one. That's perfect. And yeah, and I talk a little bit about how that song came about and where the inspiration of it was, and I share a little story about Prince. So um, yeah. That is I one. You guys can uh, tune into that. Well, I will definitely will be listening for sure, and I hope everybody else will will, will join us. And again, Ingrid, I thank you so much uh, for joining uh, me uh, this week. It's always so great to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your patience and for having me back on. Absolutely, and we will do it again, and we will do it again soon, and and hopefully next time we will do it in person. Yes, that would be cool. Ingrid, I will see you soon. Have a great time this weekend, and uh, and I'll be in touch for sure, okay? All right, thanks, Ray. Thank you, Ingrid. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Chavez for joining us. Make sure you pick up that record on May 7th. Uh, holy cow, the clear vinyl, the all the merch she's got. Hopefully she'll be in a town near you. Uh, again, I'm envious of all of you out at Celebration this weekend. They're going to be part of that Graffiti Bridge panel and uh, as well as her performance because it's going to be just dynamite. I can't wait to be able to see it and experience it for myself. I... Uh, as you heard me mention to her, again, to be in her presence uh, or in front of her, anything she's done is to be under her spell. And and I've been for about 29 years now. So I'm so glad to see such a true artist uh, coming back and doing all I can to support that. And, and you heard the music. It's fantastic. I uh, also want to thank Warren Mason uh, for joining us. Uh, and to all the Prince fans around the world, man. Uh, and to the man himself, uh, I think about you every single day. I did when you were here. I, I play your music every single day. My office that uh, that I'm recording this in is uh, lined with your image and uh, your spirit. So, um, again, uh, rest in peace to uh, the great Prince Rogers Nelson, uh, my greatest inspiration then, now, and always. Uh, and again, to my Purple family out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with it. Uh, y'all have a great time. Uh, peace and be wild. Have a great time this weekend, uh, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>